Okay, welcome to the Audacity. Change the name, same podcast, same energy. Just more befitting to kind of the purpose and the mission of, you know, this podcast, which is to have the audacity to speak my mind, say what I want to say on filter, to talk to have the audacity to talk about things that I want to do to show that, you know, I'm multifaceted like all black people um and this is just my space to really do me so welcome to the audacity um everything has changed across i rebranded myself i rebranded the podcast um so today well okay before i get started actually happy pride month i just want to say that to all my lgbtqia plus uh family peers loved ones I'm so excited to be celebrating this month with y'all. Donate, donate, donate. You should donate any other time of the year, but this is especially the time to platform, celebrate, and highlight uh, LGBTQIA community members as well, particularly community members of color, particularly black community members. Um, so yeah, happy Pride Month. I don't have, I guess also I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Y'all don't know how much it means to me deadass. But also, I, I've been asking people like for critiques and shit, and it's like kind of made me nervous. And I'm like trying to change. And ultimately, y'all, if you listen, it's because you know me and you understand the way I communicate, and I appreciate that very much. Um, it's like a, it's a hot mess, but that's me, and that's the whole point of this. Like, if it was supposed to be perfect and polished. Actually, that's why I don't want to be. I don't want to be perfect and polished because I really struggle with that. I'm a perfectionist and I like things to be perfect and polished and it doesn't have to be that way. It could really just be me talking on the microphone and just letting y'all hear what's going through my mind, period. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, we're doing a not so hot take on, uh, or maybe it is a hot take, but to me it's really a not so hot take on Handmaid's Tale. I was going to do two other dystopian worlds, but I could just be on one person's ass today, and that would be Margaret Atwood. Um, also, I will also, I guess I'll just also be talking about dystopian in general. So let's first and foremost define dystopian. An imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice, typically one that is total to totalitarian Ooh, okay that is a tongue twister and post-apocalyptic so when you think of like when you think of a dystopia you are thinking uh like the Handmaid's Tale Hunger Games Harry Potter Harry Potter is kind of a dystopia like it's an imagined state when there's suffering um and there's magic what else if we could throw it back, we would say like anything by George Orwell, The Giver, um, Fahrenheit 451. Like modern ones would be all YA. So like The Maze Runner, think think like End of the World um, and just like all this happening. Divergent, right, right, right. <laughs> so I used to, well, okay, why this topic actually has so much like, I actually am so excited to talk about this. First of all, I researched. So you know it's going to be a good episode. I did the research. Normally, I don't do that, but I have a Google Doc full of things that like I want to talk about. But I loved YA novels. And in retrospect, I realized that I could actually really relate to them. Like they were going through, you know, struggles that even as a little kid, I knew exists. Like I could feel them. I just couldn't name what they were. So I really related to them. Um, but what also really sucked is like I never saw myself reflected in any of the stories, like any of the stories. And 
you know, as I became, oh, I guess I don't want to, like, as I became more conscious, I was like, watch, I was watching The Handmaid's Tale and I was better able to process it versus like watching The Hunger Games or mm, Harry Potter. I just, I never really liked Harry Potter, to be honest with you. I just watched it to know what was happening, but Harry Potter never really got me going, but like Hunger Games, read the books and um, love the movies. And so, but like, okay, you have Rue, but Rue is um, of the lighter complexion. So there was nobody who looked like me until the fourth movie with the commander and like no one young, like my age. So I guess that kind of sucked. And in the book, I guess, in the book, you're able to kind of imagine what you would see it as. And in the book, the author even said dark brown skin, but that's neither here nor there, okay? Today we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale. Um, and we're also talking about, okay, there's multiple things happening here. We're also going to talk about how dystopia, um, to me personally, is a crock of shit because they're like reimagining the stories that have already happened to people across, like minority groups across the globe, whether that be through slavery, colonization, and uh, imperialism. They're imagining those things happening to them. Like, it, when I, as I go through and talk about Handmaid's Tale, it'll be more apparent. So first and foremost, I'm going to give a synopsis of what Handmaid's Tale is about. So I want you to just close your eyes and just listen and visualize this plot. I'm going to do my best, but it's going to be succinct. If you really want to know the plot, you should read the book or watch the TV show. And I want you to think about whose story, I'm going to be talking about Gilead, I'm going to be talking about Handmaid's Tale, but think about whose story and historical reference am I mentioning. And I really want to rack your brain and just think about it. Just think, think, think. Okay? And then I'm going to give you five seconds after I finish telling the synopsis, and I hope that you guess correctly what the answer is. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go. So... The Handmaid's Tale is about this, it's America, but it's now called Gilead because it was taken over via a coup by a far right fundamental, like fundamental, Christian fundamental group, fundamentalist group. And in conjunction with this, there is also a environmental disaster that has left uh, people who um, have uteruses that has left some people who are able to procreate um, without the ability to do so. So some people are able to have children and some people are not. And so the people that are allowed to have children are now handmaids. And the, the, the theory behind the handmaids is it relates to a biblical story about Sarah and Abraham. And if you, I don't know why I know this, um, but Sarah has sarah's too old to give abraham a baby so she gives abraham a concubine that's per the bible i'm not saying that and she's younger and she's able to have a baby and that is the idea of the handmaids so that is their role so june is the the protagonist as well as moira in the book though moira is not black and i confirmed this with another person who read the book Moira's not black in the book. She's white. But in this show, that they made her um, black. And it's Samara Wiley from Orange is the New Black. And she basically rebels against the system. She frees multiple handmaids and takes them. So she frees multiple handmaids um, and 
takes them to Canada because in Canada they can receive asylum. Um, so everyone tries to go to Canada or, you know, escape the country. And so because of June, she frees so many um, handmaids and there's like secret pathways you can go. You can, there are also some of, they're essentially masters, like the people who keep the, the, the couples who keep the handmaid, they're essentially masters. Um, they, there are some who are really nice and some who are not, some who would teach the handmaids do not know how to read, write. They like have no access. Like their, their whole job is to really do the ceremony and go grocery shopping. Um, and so there's also ranks. <laughs> there's also ranks. Cause I really want you to get the breadth of the story so that when I compare it to what the fuck is actually going on, you'll be like, wow. So there's also like a class system between like the, the people who are with like underneath the oppression. So you have the Marthas, the Marthas, they're kind of like the maid, like they do the cooking, the cleaning, um, taking care of everybody. Then you have the handmaids. They're kind of like the, just the women to have sex, procreate. And after they have the baby, then they have to go to the next family and have their baby. So they don't get to actually stay with the kid. Then you have um, I forget. They're kind of, I think they're like the Jezebels. They're like the ones who work in the hotels and the clubs when men want to escape their families and they have to have sex with the men. They don't get no payment, no nothing. Um, so they're based essentially sex workers. And then you have the aunts. And the aunts are the women in charge who like make the handmaids do whatever they punish them. Essentially they're all, they're like um overseers. They're they're basically overseers, right? And whenever the handmaids mess up, they have to kill the handmaid. That, so they have to punish the handmaids. So here, I'm going to give you five seconds. I'm going to count to. I'm going to give you five seconds to think about what person do you think June is in a historical context? In what historical context do you think that this falls in? Also, before I, there are lynchings. So the handmaids are lynched whenever they do something wrong in a public square so all the handmaids can see their bodies. And I think I just gave it away. Okay, so I'm going to give you five seconds. Okay, five seconds. Now, on the count of three, we're going to say the name together. One, two, of who June is, of who June is. One, two, three. Harriet Tubman. Margaret Atwood is actually comparing June to Harriet Tubman. If you, and it's so subtle. It, it was so subtle when I, but when I realized it, I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Also on top of that, there's lynchings. Things, things that black people have actually experienced for doing, for not obeying, quote unquote, obeying certain rules they've experienced. The, the aunts are the overseers, but I mean, it's kind of disgusting. She also calls the Underground Railroad in the book, the female under, the, the Underground Female Road. And it's exactly modeled after um, Harriet Tubman. You also have Quakers. So there's Quakers in the show that there's actual Quakers. She basically stole the whole plight of black people who um, experienced chattel slavery and made it about and placed those experiences on white women. And there's, according to Margaret Atwood in the book, they basically say that there are no black people because they ushered them to middle America and basically said they can't go anywhere and probably killed them all. So she got rid of the black people in the story and then placed actual black people's plight experience on white women. 
And here's my thing. We all know that women experience oppression, but she it's intersectional. Like you're completely missing how, and also it happened to just black people in general. Like you're completely missing. Maybe she did the show on purpose though, low key. And ultimately I just think that she doesn't deserve the acclaim. And it, and it makes me sad because like I want to relate and I want to feel bad, but I'm like, all of the things, the depictions that you have are really harmful because, and if you watch the show too, you do feel really bad for June. Like you're like, oh my God, I can't believe women are experiencing this. But I'm like, you're completely erasing the fact that actual black people have experienced this. Like this is a very real and visceral experience for a minority folk and y'all don't even give a fuck. And I don't know, like when I figured, when I, when I, when I really reflected with the fact that Margaret Atwood stole a life, a life experience from both Harriet and black people. I was like, come on now. Like, and then ultimately that is what's wrong with dystopia at large. It's because all like in Hunger Games 2, I was reading an article when I was doing the research about like the whipping, like that's very visceral when you're getting whipped when they're getting ripped on the post. And like, I felt bad for Gail, duh. I'm like, that actually happened to us. Do you feel bad for us? And the, the answer is they don't because there's also, there's also like, it went viral after they showed the movie. One white girl was like, I didn't feel, I felt bad for ruining the book. And then when I found out she was black, I didn't feel bad. So, <laughs> so there's, even though these things have happened and they're real, no one has empathy to acknowledge, can't even acknowledge it. And I, I guess that's all you can do because, we're, we're having these discussions about reparations and I just don't, I don't even think reparations is enough. Like you can't walk back the damage that's been done. And then you're saying, what can you do? You can't do anything. And th this is why it's, a, this is like our current setting is a dystopia, bitch. We don't have to write a fantasy world. We don't have to create fantasy. It's here. It's in our face and it always has been. Um, and women's uteruses. So in Handmaid's Tale, it really focuses on like uteruses and reproductive rights. Uh, black women, indigenous women, Latinx women's uh, reproductive rights have been, uh, and, and just folk, have been policed, violated for multiple years. They've been sterilized. ICE is in their detention centers, those concentration camps. They're giving Latinx people hysterectomies. That's a crime against humanity. Like that violates every moral code. So we can't pretend like like reproductive rights haven't been under siege for minority folks from the get. I don't understand. Or, um, you know, when they're, ooh, now I'm thinking about this. Because I took a class, Race and Mass Incarceration, and it all relates back to slavery. And I don't know what we were reading, but it it talked about how the relationship between mother and child, particularly black people when you're talking about generational trauma, and I can imagine other minority groups as well, but I can only speak to what I know and can speak to from my experience. Um, how the mother, the, the bond between mother and child is forever severed because of chattel slavery. And she almost, Margaret Atwood almost equates it to the same thing because the child is snatched away from the mother, like the handmaid, as soon as the child is born. And like she like she's stealing the actual experiences and putting it in bodies that this may not ever happen to them. They, and 
they may not experience in the same visceral way that black people have to experience it in conjunction with their race and identity, girl. So Margaret Atwood needs her ass whooped. And I just don't think that she deserves the acclaim that she's gotten. Maybe she's written some other good stuff, but I, I can't stand by The Handmaid's Tale. And obviously it's a microcosm, like the book, the TV show is a microcosm of the larger world. I just, we have to stop giving people passes for bullshit. Like it's not good. I'm sorry. And when you think about the story that you fucking stole, like how you, but the difference between Harriet Tubman, who's the baddest bitch who ever did it, and June is, June is a dumb bitch. Like June does multiple things in the show where I'm like, girl, you're so stupid. Like what's going through your brain? So... Yeah, today I just really wanted to get that off my chest. And it just bothers me, in addition to that, that we don't actually get representation for real things that have happened. And then I guess, though, on the other hand, I'm, like, thinking about it. And what about, like, Lovecraft and Watchmen? I think that those are both... I think that those are two dystopian novels, I think... Or not novels but dystopian tv shows that i actually think are really good and they both display the tulsa um race massacre um in a very like not in a tasteful way but in a very educational way personally to me just to be able to see it depicted and i liked it too because black people are like wizards and getting the magic and so i think if you're looking for two sh- I, and i yeah they are dystopian I would think that um, those two would be really good ones. I'm trying, to th- and I guess like the other mainstream one that we've gotten is Black Panther, but Black Panther wasn't good. I'm sorry. Like now that I look back at it in retrospect, I was really with it for the hype because I had to support Black people. Um, but I did not like. I don't think Michael B. Jordan can act like in the same ways Zendaya cannot act. Michael B. Jordan can't act because all he does is like yell and he his lines are so stiff in Black Panther so I I just think that he's pretty and that's it like I don't think he has really any talent and I watched his newest um okay I've watched his movies to be able to say this like besides Fruitvale Station that's all that I'll give him he was in another dystopian movie Fahrenheit 451 where um it's like illegal to read books I believe that that is the world um but that's actually, that actually happened to slaves. And that's why, see, I mean, you may think I'm nitpicking, but I don't think that I am. Um, it's a very real thing. And I think ultimately only in fantasy will white people be able to experience the very real and very visceral things that minority groups have gone through. And I'm looking at it particularly through the lens of black people. Only in fantasy, only in these fantasy, like only in Hunger Games will white people experience being whipped. Only in Handmaids will these white women experience being lynched. But that has actually happened to black people. And there's no acknowledgement. And also, like, okay, so I looked up dystopian um, on um, Wikipedia because I want to make sure. And here are the common themes. You would think that race would be one, but race is not one. It's politics, economics, class, economics slash class, family, religion, identity. Let's see what identity is. Political identity, not a racial identity. Okay, cool. Violence, nature, science, and technology. And that's it. Like, there's no talk about race. So you, in these, I guess, in all of these worlds, they've solved race. Or they just don't acknowledge the lived experiences of minority groups. So it just doesn't even matter. Because that's in real life. Like, they don't. 
there are certain people who refuse to acknowledge the history of the world. And so maybe that's exactly what it is. They don't acknowledge it. It didn't really happen. So in their world, this is what's going on. But in reality, bitch, it's already happened. Like, just go back, what, 1,500 years, 300 years, go back. It's The damage has been done. Which, I mean, ultimately, to really go back to the dystopian theme, this has to be a simulation. Like, this can't be real. I was talking to my friend. I was like, there's definitely alternate universes I don't know if there's alternate versions of myself, but we would be remiss to think that we're insignificant. We would be remiss to think that we are the only things here, like in this, whatever this is. It has, it, but it has to be a simulation because we chose like oppression at when we really could be living. And the earth is beautiful. We chose to capitalize and monetize everything. And then we chose to you know, separate us by class, but then we also chose to separate us by race so people can't see that your class struggle is also almost is equally as important as your race in some regards. And then on top of that, then we ushered off people who were different. So people who may have um, disabilities um, and who live with disabilities. And then we... Like, come on, we can keep going, you know? So, I mean, that's why it can't be real. Because out of everything that we created, this can't be it. And now you got bitches trying to go to Mars. Like, which ultimately, I'm trying to be on that um, Elon Musk ship. So I need to save my my coins so I can go. Because I'd rather, you know, at least, like, if it would be like Wally, I would at least rather, like, go out, like, you know, in space, like, seeing other things as opposed to... um, be on this rock and watching everything burn so yes that is that is my little spiel a quick little how long a quick little 20 minute rant um about why i think handmaids is so fucking problematic and ultimately why i think a lot of dystopian novels are really problematic in worlds and just media in general obviously the latter half of this podcast i think i'm gonna shoot for 30 minutes each time i shoot for 30 minutes but we'll see how i feel because sometimes i'm like i just don't want to do this but I want to just say that, um, and I, I've never really felt comfortable saying this, but this is a safe space. And I know that y'all love me, um, or if you don't love me, you like me at least, hopefully. Um, but I'm a barb. I can wholeheartedly say that I'm a barb. And I like had a full circle barb moment because I was talking to my coworker in a one-on-one and we both like, just was like, we, I love Nicki Minaj. And it just felt so visceral. Like, it just felt, I guess, okay, every podcast, I think I'm going to have, like, a word that I keep saying, and I guess visceral is this one. It just felt so amazing to be able to relate with someone, and then we both did the monster. I feel like that's how you recognize, like, that's the barb call, is pull up in that monster automobile youngster. I kind of want to do the whole song, but would y'all be bad? Pull up in that monster automobile. So we jammed to monster, and but then... This is what I also want to talk about today. In addition to Margaret Atwood Needs Her Ass Whooped, which will not be the title, but secretly that's the title. In addition to that, he, I want to talk about this. So he was like, Nicki Minaj is a bully. And I just never really agreed with that. And here's why. Like, okay, place yourself in Nicki Minaj's shoes. You have, okay, how, let's look up how many Billboard records she has, like Billboard hits. So Nicki Minaj, she has a hundred career entries. 
on the Billboard Hot 100. Oh my God. And she's sitting at 113 right now. Oh wow. Okay, so imagine having that resume and not having won a Grammy, constantly being painted as an angry black woman, constantly being shafted from conversation and awards. Like, not that the Grammys is, you know the gauge for how successful you are because it's not but i'm just saying there are some people like macklemore getting his award over kendrick lamar like that shows you what the grammys is about nothing 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 so imagine being her and imagine having so many sons in the game like she told you all her all you bitches are her sons like and they are like the the look the vibe the verse the wig the wigs the ha- like everything they are nikki's sons so imagine all of that and you people are still like talking shit about you or taunting you or kind of like being a bully to her that ass so you have to buck up on them like she, i mean she did comfort travis scott and stormy but and like she's saying, look, I the numbers show that I'm actually ahead. And then you have like radio stations and all the New York DJs, particularly the Breakfast Club, which they're all problem- like they're all problematic and they shouldn't even have a platform themselves. So they're like bullying her and coming from her, and people are like not playing her music in the radio stations in New York. So imagine all of that. Wouldn't she be kind of mad too? And that's why she had Queen Radio to let y'all bitches know. And I stand Queen Radio. And she's a meme. Like, she, everything she does is funny. I'm sorry. I feel comfortable being a Barb A. I feel comfortable saying that Nicki Minaj is superior. And the Nicki Minaj Cardi B conversation is not a conversation whatsoever. It just, you can't, you can't compete because you can't compare. Like, they're, they're in two separate, they're in two separate categories, two separate lyrical categories. Boss Ass Bitch Remix just lets you know where Nicki Minaj stands and where you don't. Looking at us lets you know senile. Let you know your love moment for like I could go on I could go on. If you wanna, if you want my Barbie bitch playlist, which is my Nicki Minaj playlist, please let me know and I will send it to you. But yeah, I'm just here to say that I'm a Barb and it's just been refreshing to see all the Nicki love on my timeline. And bitches, my coworker bought Crocs because Nicki Minaj bought Crocs. Like Nicki Minaj is fucking Regina George. Fight your mom about it, okay? And I actually so. I think I've talked about this in my podcast, but to reiterate, when the Anaconda video came out, and remember she was doing like the, she had the pink like workout outfit on, and then she had the weights. She also had like this bottle in the back. It was called a Mate Fit. It was a Mate Fit Me or some bottle. It was something like that. Mate Fit, Mate, Mate Fit T-Tox. That's what it is. It was, it was like a bottle or whatever. And I saw it and I was like, Nicki Minaj has this. I need this. I have to be like, if I get this bottle, maybe I will be like Nicki Minaj. And I paid for it as like, I was in middle school or something and I bought it. Cause I had to, cause I saw Nicki Minaj have it. So her impact is crazy. I will not tolerate any Nicki Minaj slander at all. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. This was supposed to come out yesterday and it just didn't because I always try to be perfectionist, but I promise it's the last version. And yeah, so have a great rest of your week. Happy hump day. And yeah, um, go forth and prosper. And congratulations if you're graduating. Um, I just love to see that for my peeps. Uh, But yeah, peace out.